Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Hey, everybody. Hey, welcome. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com, and I am thrilled to be here this evening with you. We do this every Wednesday night at, um, yeah, this time, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So welcome. Sorry that took me an extra minute or two to get going. Uh, YouTube, I started it, I pressed all the stuff, and it just, I had to refresh everything. For some reason, it didn't sync the first time, two times around, but now it did. So it's all good. It's all good. N never fear. We'll get our fishy fix. <laughs> your, your, your local dealer's got you covered. <laughs> hey, I've got a couple really cool things I'm going to tell you about um, after I shout a couple. F Whoa, did I get some super chats already? No way. Wichita Falls Fishkeeper, thank you so much. Couple dollar super chats. Greatly appreciated. Never required, but it does make the wife super happy. Uh, Small Fry Aquatics was the first one in. Wait a minute, is it Wednesday? I know, like this week flew by, absolutely tore by for me. Uh, I've been holding my breath for seven days. Dan's the only stream I follow. Well, Craig, that's all. I mean, that makes me feel great. Thanks. Glad you're here. Uh, Chattanooga, welcome. Tampa Tom, welcome. Dan Slee, welcome. Wichita, welcome again. Thanks again. And uh, yeah, okay, I'm going to stop shouting people out and get to what I want to talk about today. So the first thing is, I got an awesome surprise in the mail today. There was a, uh, getting comfortable in my chair. There was a customer that ordered a couple pairs of turquoise guppies from me. And I shipped them, and as per instructions, and there was some confusion on her end, and the fish ended up being uh, put in a metal locker out in the sun, uh, basically all day long and they got super hot and we basically, you know, had fish soup by the time she got to them. Um, so it, that's not normally where her packages go. There was an issue. Oh no, this is what it was. I'm sorry. That is where her packages go, but there's like this metal locker, um, where the post office puts packages. And the issue was, I remember now they didn't put the key in there. So she had no way of getting the package out of the locker. Somehow that didn't happen. Or it was in the long rock locker that she didn't have a key to. Anyway, somehow she couldn't get to it in the locker. And it was the next day, I think, before they finally were able to get them out for her. And that was what the issue was. Sorry, it took me a minute to remember the exact details. So um, I don't always do this, but I felt really bad for her. That wasn't her fault, like, I mean, it's, it's not always the customer's fault when things go wrong ever, but in, but anyway, I sent her a couple extra pairs to replace those for free. Um, and she was super grateful and look what arrived today in the mail. Look at that. That's a five pound bucket. That's like 50 bucks easily of, uh, my favorite pelleted food, Piscine Energetics, PE, Mysis pellets. So Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I don't want to mention the customer's name just because I don't know if they want, you know, how public they want this story. But, um, but that was so cool. Like that made me feel awesome. Like I had done this, uh, something good and, and she had done something good. And I don't know, it was just amazing. So like, like a $50 container of food, seriously, I, I was thrilled. And that's my favorite pellet food. So thank you so much. 
So that was awesome. And then the other thing that's amazing is for those that were here last week, you know, I shipped 20 Tiger Dario's to Connecticut because that's the address that they had put in, in the checkout uh, at payment. And uh, this person had moved to Illinois and not updated their address. So these fish are going to Connecticut. And last Wednesday, I was in panic mode, like I'd been trying to figure that situation out. Luckily, we had a happy ending. All the fish made it to uh, the buyer in Illinois. They were all alive, all 20 of them. They got there Monday. So they were in the mail for a week, got there Monday. But what happened is uh, Thursday morning, we were able to get a hold of the post office in Connecticut, and they just forwarded them to Illinois as soon as they got to that post office. So I was on pins and needles. Those are... Uh, difficult fish to get. Um, they were for a Father's Day present. The customer had bought them for her father because they used to live, I believe, in Myanmar. And her father used to raise, like, catch them out in their backyard and raise them, like, as a hobby. And so, you know, it's kind of a bummer, A, that the fish were going to the wrong place and could die, and B, that her father wasn't going to get her Father's Day gift. She'd obviously put a lot of thought into this gift for him. And so they all made it. So the day after Father's Day, he had to wait one extra day, but got them all. So thank goodness for that. I was thrilled because I was really worried about that. That was just a no good scenario for anybody. Um, the takeaway there is please, when you go to checkout or pay uh, whatever service you're using, please make sure that the uh, address is updated. Otherwise, confusion ensues. So just a reminder about that. But happy ending to that story. Thank goodness. Um, and then <laughs> something else happened too, which is, <laughs> um, I got an email on Sunday from a customer and said, Hey, when are you going to ship my fish? And I responded and I said, dude, I shipped your fish on Monday and they arrived on Wednesday and they arrived at like the, the tracking says, front desk reception area. And he emailed me the next day and was like, Oh, okay. I found him. And they were all alive. So everything went okay there. Um, but that was weird. It's out of the blue, get a an email from a customer that says when he shipped my fish, when I had shipped them like six days before. And those ones were shipped, were uh, processed through PayPal because he had to make some adjustments and he, that's how he wanted to pay. And, um, you know, you get an automatic notice from PayPal when your thing is shipped. So I don't know how he didn't see the notice or how he missed the package or whatever, but they made it. They made it. And I guess the takeaway there is, uh, you know, check your tracking. If you're expecting fish, uh, please just keep an eye on your tracking. It, it just takes a moment. And me personally, if I tell you I'm going to ship a fish on Monday, I'm going to ship them on Monday. Like if something happens and I can't, I'll contact you. I'll let you know. But if I tell you, yeah, they're going out on, I don't know, the 10th, that means they're going out on the 10th. And if something happens and I forgot it was a holiday and they have to go out on Tuesday instead or something, then I'll, I'll let you know. But yeah, just um, generally things go really well. It was really strange last week to have two shipments in one week where there was a little bit of drama. Um, 
but uh, <laughs> usually none of that happens. So just just from the from the seller trying to help a customer out, uh, please check tracking and um, you know communicate with the seller if you haven't heard with, from them or something. For me, you're gonna get them. They'll go out when I said, unless, I mean, if I'm in the hospital in a coma or something, I guess not. But um, apart from that, they're going out unless you hear from me. So anyway, that was kind of the adventure um, that I had shipping fish this week. And then something else cool happened this week, which uh, I'm going to show you here real quick. Let me grab this video. Oh, oh no, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't show it to you right now. Goldie spawned again. Like they spawned again, same spot. And they're just going to town every couple of weeks. They're, they're laying eggs. So I went ahead and collected that spawn and we'll raise those ones up as well. I'm really curious to see what the babies will turn into. Right now they look like white, but a couple of them have developed uh, like black, real dark black blotches on them. So I don't know if that's the koi coming through. I've never raised koi angels before, and I've never crossed a koi with a gold. Um, this was a total accident, but we'll see. So some cool stuff is happening here, and uh, and some happy endings have happened. Some things have been resolved. One thing that happened that isn't particularly good is that I uh, <laughs> I ordered, I think, 20, maybe 22 species um, to come in on Monday, and my supplier contacted me, which is good. Often they don't contact me, but thankfully they contacted me, saved me a trip from to the airport. And they basically said, look, only two fish came like a Tetra and a barb. Uh, we don't even have enough to fill a box to send you. So uh, we canceled the order. So I'm going to replace the order for this coming week. And hopefully Monday I'll get a bunch of neat stuff in that I can show you, but I haven't had these problems for a while. Um, it's been pretty good. I, I mean, I had these problems a few months ago, but the last little while it's been pretty good, but it looks like it's happening again. So that was, uh, you know, I looked at some alternate suppliers and they just didn't really have, I, I, in order to buy a fish, I need to have a few species that, that I really want and am looking for. And then I can round that order out with some other things. But if they don't have even one or two of like the key species, like say Amazon puffers or samurai garamis or um, some of the rainbows I'm looking for, stuff like that, then uh, then it doesn't work for me to even place an order at all. So I did try to and I've got a massive credit with one of my suppliers because um, there was a problem with the shipment. And so I've got like a, a free order of credit with them, but I just can't, I check, I've been checking. It's been, I think three, four weeks where I get their list. And I'm like, Oh, okay, let's, let's see this. Cause I want to use that credit. And there's just nothing there. That's, uh, that's worth placing the order for honestly. So we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep on it. I'm hoping Monday we get a nice big shipment cause I'm running low on stuff and, uh, we can, we can do some cool stuff. And, the last thing before I get to chat and get to your comments and questions is that um, for those that are waiting, I, I am tomorrow, I swear, going to get the new fish up. I've got some fish that I got, I think, three weeks ago now, and I just have not had a moment to um, 
to get them listed. Um, I might have to list without pictures and videos to start and then gradually fill in just because I won't have the time. Um, but that's what's going on. Um, oh, one last thing. This is cool. Let me show you this update. So here is where we're at on the facility now. So things have changed a little bit. Um, so now, so <laughs> I went to the to the city hall with my plans and stuff. And there's a couple things we learned. One is I can't have like, there's another building right here and I can't build on this property here, one building and have it be of any size, but I can build two buildings just because of zoning laws. So this is where we're at right now. This is uh, basically a garage for vehicles. This will be storage, um, shipping like styrofoam bags, um, other stuff that isn't heat sensitive because this won't be temperature controlled at all. So it won't be food or anything like that, but it'll be all the other stuff, boxes and bags and styrofoam and um, just all that stuff. And then this is these brown rows or, or large rows of aquariums. So basically what I'm looking at is there's a bathroom here. There's kind of computers at, at tables here. This is a packing station. Here's a shop sink, a shop sink, a shop sink, and then a couple work tables, maybe for packing or whatever. And then this I'm just leaving blank for now. It might just become storage um, or it might be something we expand to once we've been in this space a little while and uh, have a better idea of what we wanna do with some extra space. So I'm not gonna start with these. These I just put in to see how they would fit, but I'll start with these, these brown lines indicate rows of aquariums. So that's what we'll start with. And then we'll have all this space here to expand into or be like, oh no, man, we need more storage. So we don't put tanks there, I don't know. But we can fit about uh, just about 380 aquariums in this. And so that's where we're at now since, oh, and that's, so that's why there's this, there's this five foot pass through between the buildings here because the city <laughs> won't let this be one building and they require five feet between buildings. So that's kind of the latest on uh, the expansion, the new facility that we're going to be doing um, and where that plan is at. So I today I talked with an electrician and then I talked to the uh, uh, HVAC guy. So heating and air conditioning and, and ventilation. Um, then yesterday I talked with the uh, basically the the company that's going to construct the building. And I talked with the person that's going to do the site prep, um, get the land all level and ready for building. And I spoke with the contract, uh, contract the concrete cement, the cement guy, the cement contractor. Um, so it's all coming along. Uh, I'm just waiting back for their quotes. And I've got a few more quotes to get. I always get three to five quotes uh, for each thing, um, just so that I just feel that's the responsible thing to do. And that way I can get the best deal. So I've got a couple more quotes from different builders, a couple more cement guys, a couple more things. But as the quotes come in, I'm, I'm refining the, the budget and getting it all down. I think we're pretty close to getting that done. And 
I'm at the point now where I can get, I think, a building permit from uh, from City Hall. Now that I've put their their latest requirements into the design, we'll see if they approve it. And then if they do approve it, then it's just a matter of uh, getting that budget finalized and then uh, and then going and um, doing the uh, what do you call it? The, the financing for the project. So it's coming along, though, and I'll keep you guys abreast as we progress. OK, I'll get to your questions and comments now. Um, sorry, I've been neglecting you, but I, I like to start off just updating you guys with what's going on here at Dan's Fish. And with Get Gills, um, I think I'm going to have a huge announcement about Get Gills uh, next live stream, if all goes well. But uh, I'll get to the chat and comments. For those that are new or uh, need a reminder, uh, in order for me to see your comment, if you would make it at Dan's Fish, so the at symbol and then Dan's Fish, just like uh, you'll see a few folks do as you scroll through the chat. What that'll do is highlight my name for me in bright orange. So I see a bright orange thing on your comment and then I'll jump right to it. If I'm ignoring you, it's just because I'm not seeing your comment. It's nothing intentional, in which case just try posting it a couple times. And if you're having trouble, if I'm not, if I keep passing it and not responding, somehow I'm not seeing it, let one of the moderators know and uh, they will call my attention to it. So that is how we do things here. Candy overhauls. Hey, Candy. Hey, Bob Kaler. Good to see y'all. And I'm really excited because 54 Punchy is uh, quitting her job. I believe this is her last day at work. I, her last week at work, I mean. So she's going full-time artist. So if you're looking for cool art, check out 54 Punchy, Pam Earlywine. Uh, she does really neat Western art um, is what I would categorize it as. Although that's probably wrong. I'm not a, I don't know that much about <laughs> art genres, but um, she's going to be doing that full-time, which means she might be able to come back and, uh, and jump in as a mod on Wednesdays. And I, I kind of miss her. So I'd love, I'd love to see her here again more. All right. Wichita Fishkeeper. Here is some free money that Google gave me for free super chats. Hey, thanks, Wichita. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Hey, you can't beat that. Got free money to spread around. That's awesome. Chewy LTD, welcome. Tech Turtle saying hi to folks. We'll hi right back. 44 Mad Guy 1. Good to see ya. <laughs> Kaylee's Aquatics, hey, welcome. Good to see you, Bob. Always good to see you. Chewy LTD, Dance Fish, really love chocolate and licorice garamis um, together. Who needs peanut butter when you have a few garamis in aquarium? But do not, uh, but do not both need soft water to breed. Possibly, Chewy, I've kept licorice garamis and chocolate garamis in super hard water, but I've never bred them in hard water. That being said, I've never tried. So I know that they'll, you know, live just fine in, in hard water. I don't know if they'll actually. Uh, be able to breed successfully in hard water. But here's what I've experienced. I've bred a lot of wild type bettas and stuff, um, a lot of soft water fish in hard water and had success, especially with mouth brooders. I've just noticed that it seems like all the mouth brooding fish that come from soft water, I haven't had a problem raising them and getting the eggs to hatch in hard water. And I think there's just something about being in their mouth and being constantly in motion and kept clean and well oxygenated and stuff that um, that makes that happen. I, there are egg scattering species and stuff that I've had 
trouble with, non-mouth brooders that I've had trouble with in hard water. But um, so I guess what I'm saying is based on my past experience with other soft water anabantids, um, my, my hunch is that maybe not licorice garamis because they're not mouth brooders, but chocolate garamis, I suspect that they could breed successfully in hard water. That being said, I've never tried it. And someone here that, you know, knows better than me might be like raising their hand going, no, that's wrong right now. Um, and we would defer to them. I don't have actual experience with that. But that's my suspicion based on my experience with other species. They're breeding right now, though. Um, there's always at least one or two that have a, a mouthful of eggs in the tank right now. And by the way, if you haven't seen it, folks, I just released a um, video on chocolate garamis if you're into kind of cool uh, anabanted fish. It's a short, I think it's only like a six minute video. So just a little self-promoting plug, I guess. 78 watching. Hey, welcome. We were at 80. There we are. 80 watching. That's awesome. Bob, thanks for linking the, link, linking the t-shirts. Talking's hard. Tech Turtle, I'll be back on YouTube more often soon. We are moving in two weeks. Oh, exciting. And oh, moving's, uh, moving's exciting, but it is a stressful drain. I hope it goes well for you. By the way, I need two Amazon puffers, please. I'm waiting for you to get them. Every time I find them, they are covered in ick. Yep, that's 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 that fish's curse. Um, I'm I'm looking every week, Tech Turtle. I want to get them as well. So I I look every week for that fish. So far, none of my suppliers have had it available. So as soon as I can, I will get it in. I promise. I I want to get a nice big group of them in. I'm thinking the next order, I'll probably get 50 of them in and uh, they'll, they're, they're amazing. It's, it, that's a fish that takes me, uh, oh, generally like a month or more to sell after I get it, just because it takes a lot of work to get that fish healthy and fat and ready. But, but what I have found is I don't lose them. Like they come in bad shape, but I, often they do anyway, but I don't lose them. They, they always recover for me. It just takes time. So I wish I could rush it for you, but just be aware that even from the day I get them, it's going to be a month, six weeks or so before I can sell them, probably, generally. All right. Mr. Fax Machine, no man, please say better Cochina is coming back to the store. I hope so. That's another one I'm keeping an eye out for. Anytime I can find wild type bettas or interesting wild type garamis um, or freshwater puffers, I'll, I'll generally get them. All right, Candy Overhauls, I'm excited for you. Congrats on the new place. Thanks, Candy. Um, it's not done yet, and, but, but it, looks like it, it looks like it might actually happen. Uh, the budgets are coming in at a manageable um, number and the projections, basically what I have to do is I've done, I've run all the numbers and I have to sell three times more every month than I'm currently selling in order to break even on that new facility. But what I'll be doing is right now, I think I offer 52 species. When I list these new species, it'll be somewhere in the high fifties, sixties, something like that. So about 50 species, let's say on average. And that new, building will allow me to offer 350 new species. So I think 
that by offering 350 species versus about 50, I think I should be able to 3X the sales pretty quickly. That's the hope. If not, I might come in with you and Stacy and Caleb. I might be moving in. I'm, I'm, it's all on the line if I do this. Like there's no turning back. It's It'll either work or I'll be bankrupt. I mean, that's, that's honestly what it's going to be. But I've been really careful about the numbers. I have a track record. I have enough data to extrapolate and kind of understand how things work. So, uh, so far, I think it's going to happen. I'm going to talk with a, a guy that has an MBA. My other little brother has an MBA and he's a lawyer too. And um, I've sent him my business plan and all the numbers and stuff. And we'll go over that together probably this weekend just to make sure that if I am crazy, I'm crazy in a good way. Go Fish Aquatics. I'm so happy that your dreams are coming true. Yeah, almost. We're, we're another step towards that. No, no better honest, decent guy who deserves it more than you, my friend. Congrats. Hey, thanks, Go Fish. That's, that's very nice. My head is expanding and thanking you. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. That's very kind to say. Um, okay, hang on. Chad jumped on me, went all the way to the bottom. Oh, I missed a couple super chats. I'll, I'll get those as we go down. I'll get those as we go down. Okay, I caught up. Sorry about that. Uh, for anyone that's live streamed, I'm sure that you feel my pain, but chat just sometimes just absolutely jumps all around. It goes crazy. 44 mag guy one. I am thinking of upgrading my canister filter on 55 gallon, which is a Marine land 350 Magnum. I was thinking of getting a fluval. Just wondering what your thoughts were on them. Thanks. Um, I love fluval. I just, I've, I, in my opinion, and from what I've experienced, almost all the fluval products I've ever had have been superior to most other brands. Um, it just, it, there's a quality of craftsmanship and uh, yeah, I guess that's it. And, and some engineering that I feel is superior. So my canister filter that runs this aquarium right here is an old FX5. I've had it for a dozen years or so. It's still running strong. I mean, it's been working great. And I've used lots of different fluval products over the years and always always kind of gone back to them after trying other brands as they came out. So I like Fluval personally. I would, I don't have a problem recommending Fluval. Now that being said, I know I've used Marine Lands. Um, I don't think I've used a Marine Land uh, canister filter. I've used Marine Land, I think hang on the backs and other stuff. And it's been so long that I cannot even remember how they held up. So I, I can't really compare them but I do like Fluval a lot. Pavilion End. Dan's Fish, how long will it take to raise Bosmani Rainbow Fry to the point where they can be sexed and sold? Um, it's a tricky question, Pavilion. And it, okay, so rainbows grow slowly, but with any fish, rate of growth is a function of feed versus and water changes. So if you're going to feed a whole lot and change water a whole lot, then what's the quickest I've seen? I don't know. Color? They won't have much color, but they'll probably be big enough, I would say, in four months you might be getting close to big enough. Six months for sure. They're a slow-growing fish, though. So 
I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with if you feed really well and change water really well. I'm gonna guess roughly four months to be uh, big enough to sell, not colored, but maybe an inch long or so and ready ready to sell. Like they ship really well at that size, at about an inch. Um, but someone here who raises rainbows, could you chime in and, and let's get your comments as well? Because um, I, the truth is Pavilion Ed, I've raised lots of rainbows, but I don't really time it. Like I just raise them and when they're ready, I sell them. And sometimes it takes, I, I, I've never like checked off the days that it took for them to get that big. Hey, we got some, I'm got some super chats. Daryl Deemer, thank you. One dollar, we'll take it. Thank you. Tech Turtle, one dollar, one dollar. Always appreciated, never required, makes the life super happy. Thanks you all, I appreciate that. That's very kind. Jones Northwest, hello, please make an instructional video about how to ship fish in the summer, right? Um, so I've had that request a few times and I think, I think maybe even from you once or twice as well. I'm waiting because I found a vendor for the phase 22 uh, packs that I'm planning on to start testing. I think they'll probably be in next week, those packs. And before I make a video about shipping in the summer, I want to um, use those for a while, see if I like them so I can talk about them in the video. Maybe they're awesome and I can say that, or maybe they are not awesome and I can say that. But So that's why I haven't done it, Jones NW. I'm just uh, waiting to try a new product and see how it works before I make that video. All right. What I would suggest though for anyone doing that is um, treat it like your ship. And, and I know this is superficial and I'll, I'll need to do something more in depth for you, Jones NW, but um, treat it like winter shipping, well insulated box. Um, if the, you know, a little more water than you would normally put in because that a little more water holds temperature better, right? It'll fluctuate a little less. You can't put so much in that they can't absorb enough oxygen, but a little more water than usual. And um, I would say a cold pack and I'm maybe not an ice pack that can work, but a cold pack. There's like these gel packs that aren't phase 22. They're just a cold pack that um, doesn't get as cold as like ice or somehow doesn't doesn't uh, absorb as much joules of energy or release as many or whatever, even if it is the same temperature. So basically it keeps the box cool without the problem of like over cooling the box, which can be an issue if you're using just pure ice. So that's what I would say. Look for some of those gel cold packs and you just use them in place of heat packs um, like you would use the heat packs in the winter. But I'll, I'll make something more detailed for you. I just have to wait a little while for more data. Tech Turtle, you're good. Take your time. Just letting you know that I'm waiting on them. The Amazon puffers. Check. Got it. Oh, we jumped. Of course. Of course. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Terrence Blanton. Hello. Welcome. Really digging the beard, man. Thanks. So this is busy beard. This is what happens when I take my already like 16 hour days and then try to add a new building project on top of it and meet with all the contractors and, and 
work through City Hall and all that. So I'm glad you like it. Um, it's a busy beard. It's not on purpose. It's just I'm too busy to shave, honestly. So <laughs> there you go. Jay Adams, did the bank basement come through? Not yet. That's why I'm kind of proceeding with the building. I'll proceed with the building and then maybe I'll get maybe I'll get a pleasant surprise and, and be able to find the, the basement. But I, I've actually, I'm, I'm a little miffed with my realtor. I called her yesterday and uh, to get an update and she still hasn't called me back. So that's a, uh, that's a no, no. Or maybe she's sick or something like stuff happens, but yeah, if you're a realtor, call your people back. So I don't know, Jay, not, not yet, not yet. Kayla's Aquatics dance fish. So I need three times more tanks. That's right. That's right. Everyone listening to make it in life. All you need is three times as many aquariums as you have currently. That's like Monty Python's meaning of life had it wrong. Um, the meaning of life is three X aquariums, <laughs> not what was it? 14. I can't remember what, what it was in the Monty Python movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, of course, Bob, you need, you need three. Yep. Three times. Dan Slee, by the way, uh, Bob made a really cool video about his little mini lionfish that is entertaining. And I, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a mini lionfish. I know almost nothing about saltwater. I know about the normal lionfish that's, you know, taking over the Atlantic ocean, but I didn't know anything about this little mini, mini, mini me one. So that was a cool video, Bob. Thanks for sharing that. Dan Slee, any plans to diversify a bit more into plants and other aquatics? So yes, but not, not immediately. So Dan, basically what I'm, what I'm trying to do is focus on what I do well, which is, uh, you know, community type freshwater aquarium fish. Um, a few outliers, but mostly that nothing too big, nothing too aggressive, uh, nothing too specialized because the moment I introduce things that are bigger or more specialized, then I have to add a whole different process to shipping. I need a different size sealer. I need a different size, uh, bags and boxes and insulation and all that stuff. So it just adds another layer to everything. So my plan is to try to grow smart and eventually get there to where, yes, we're doing that stuff and we're doing plants and we're doing lots of other things. But, um, but the responsible growth, I feel like goes like this. I've got the basement facility. I've been doing this for a while, just as a hobby. And now for a while as like a business, legit business. And, um, so I've proven concept, I've got data, so I feel like I can expand. So I'll expand. And then when that is up and running and we've done enough that we can expand again, then we'll add another building. And once we've added enough that we've kind of reached the threshold of what your standard you know, community freshwater species is what we'll focus on. Once we've got to the point where we've kind of maxed out what we can do with that, then I'll start looking at the next thing. And that might be a, a new building with just aquarium plants. That might be a building that's just plecos. That might be a building that's 
warmer water that's like 85, 86 degree water that can do discus and rams and stuff like that. That might be a building that's just African cichlids. Um, I don't know yet exactly, but I'm kind of playing to my strengths right now because right now is a real risky time. Uh, you know, we're, we're on what I call ramen wages right now. My hope is that with this expansion, we'll upgrade from top ramen to like, you know, SpaghettiOs. And then, <laughs> you know, it, it's this gradual thing. I have to get to this critical mass to where a section is running well and generated enough income that I can start branching out into things that I don't know as well. So it's going to be a while, but there is a dream to eventually have a building full of plants. Um, and I know next to nothing about plants. So that'll also entail hiring an employee who's super passionate about plants and like, that's their building, just set them loose there. Um, same thing when I go into like, if I do African cichlids, um, and this is far down the line, by the way, this is, there's a lot I can do with what I'm currently doing before I need to consider that. But once, once, if, and when we went into African cichlids, then it would be another hire, just the person who absolutely loves African cichlids. That's all they want to do all day. Okay. That's your building. Go run that. You know, that's, that's kind of how I'm looking at it, Dan Slee. So yes, but it's going to be a while. Fancy Tail Aquatics. Hey, Dan, can I reach you privately as a fish business owner to talk to you? Absolutely. You can send an email to fancytailaquatics at yahoo.com. Yeah, absolutely. Would you email me, dan at dansfish.com? Because I'm probably not going to watch this as a replay, like, and I'll probably forget. And I also, was it you? I think I need to contact someone um, who I talked to last week in the live stream about promoting get gills, I believe. I can't, I think that might've been you, but honestly, it's been, I mean, look at my face. <laughs> it's been, it's been this busy. <laughs> so I just haven't got to it yet, but yeah. Um, ooh, sorry about that. Um, Mark Turner, I will add you to get gills when the live stream's done um, to the get gills Facebook page. So yeah, if you contact me, Dan at dansfish.com, then I'll get back to you. If you don't, I might forget. Chewy LTD, what other fish that would come out of the areas of where the chocolate grommy would make good tank mates besides guppies for a biotope aquarium? I'd have to dig into that, Chewy. They have such a large range, the chocolate grommies, that there's lots of different species. And I'd have to dig in and like narrow it down. Uh, I, I couldn't do that off the top of my head, but I would think just, okay, I will do it off the top of my head. I would think off the top of my head, some small peaceful rasboras would go great. Um, I'm specifically thinking of Bararis, like uh, Macrothalmus or something like that, because they get a little deeper body than say your Bararis Brigitte. So I think those would go well. Um, I think the Celestial Pearl Danios would probably go well. Or uh, the blue version of that, um, the I forget what they're called, emerald. They're like a celestial pearl danio, but blue colored with stripes. I forget what they're called. Emerald danio, maybe. I think Gubatai rasboras would do well if they're a small group. Um, the chocolate garamis, they they don't tend to be in one zone. They'll be they kind of go all over. They'll be on the bottom. They'll go in the middle kind of in that area. They'll hang out at the top sometimes. 
So it's not like, oh, the grommies are always on the bottom, so we're looking specifically for a surface-dwelling fish or anything like that. Uh, we can find fish that go in any part of the tank as long as they aren't super boisterous. So off the top of my head, that's as good as it's going to get, I think, Chewy. I might have to dig in a little bit to really answer that and plan out a biotope. I can't plan out a biotope on the fly. I'm not quite that good. <laughs> Jones Northwest. Dance Fish, what is the name of the video? I've looked for it, but haven't seen anything specific to summer shipping. Yeah, no, I don't. I haven't made a video on summer shipping. I've just made a video on shipping in general. So I don't have a video about shipping in hot weather specifically. All right. 44 Mad Guy one thanks. The one I have now is working fine. Just thought about the future if it ever goes out on me. Yeah, I mean, I think I spent 500 bucks on my Fluval FX5, which was a lot, but still running 12 years later. So pretty good investment, if you ask me. And it's quiet. I mean, unless like, unless you don't keep the seal uh, lubricated and it cracks and start sucking in air or something, but then you just replace the little rubber seal. That's going to wear out on any filter. Go Fish Aquatics. Shipping is his passion and nobody ships better than Dan. Hey, thanks, Go Fish. I appreciate that. I, uh, I do work really hard to ship fish the way that is most likely to give the customer a delightful experience, basically. I, I want them to arrive alive and I want them to arrive healthy enough and prepped well enough that they're going to be alive you know, three months later, six months later, when I run into that customer or get another email from them. So I do work really hard at it. So I appreciate that comment. Tech Turtle. Okay. Good night, everyone. Good night. We'll see ya. Sweet dreams. Wichita Falls Fish Keeper. Did you find a good price point on the phase 22? No. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a good price point, but basically, um, Oh, wow. Bob Kaylee's Aquatics, $25 super chat. Ramen wages. <laughs> no more professor warehouse fund. Bob, as always, thanks. I, I appreciate it so much. We have like a growing list of hashtags. <laughs> Ramen wages. But yeah, seriously, though, that that's it's it's not lush living right now. I kind of gave up the lush living to do this transition, but um, so Wichita on the phase 22, uh, packs, I didn't find a good price point. What I did is I called the manufacturer. So I know what it costs to buy from the manufacturer. And, uh, so I have a good sense of what a good price is. So I found them, I think they're going to be like close to $5 each still though. I think 450 is what they'll be, um, including sh the shipping costs. So to me shipped, I think it's going to be 450 per pack. So I wouldn't call that good, but I think it's about as good as I'm going to get. So yeah, but that's still a lot. I mean, 450, that pretty much five bucks each box. Like that's a lot. Mr. Science Geek, I looked into my importing license. Cool application. I asked you a few weeks ago. Yep. I remember. 
Turns out Google accidentally filled in United States where it didn't belong in my tax ID number. Oh, all right. So Google auto-filled an address in the wrong field for you, huh? Yeah. Like, it's like the technology is great when it works, but when it auto-corrects you into saying rude things to your mother or into failing your uh, importing license application, <laughs> suddenly technology is not so fun. <laughs> well, hey, at least you know, Mr. Science Geek, what the problem is. So hopefully you can tweak that and get it to go through. Kids Aquatics, thanks. Hey, you're welcome. And thank you for that amazing super chat. I appreciate it. Tampa Tom, message retracted. Are we being naughty, Tampa Tom? What's going on? <laughs> uh, Tina <clears throat> Genovese, I've got to see that mini tiger fish, lionfish. Mini lionfish. Ginger Graves, $9.99. Thanks, Ginger. My Oh, good. This is great news. My Betta Cochina are stu still doing well, as are the community fish living in the mini hill stream tanks. I'll be ordering more soon. That's awesome, Ginger. I know that you've had trouble with Cochina in the past. Um, I hope you don't mind me saying that. Um, so I'm thrilled that we could uh, get, get some that, and, and make you successful with that species. Truly one of the coolest species ever. At some point in your life, and I'm not saying this to sell them. I don't even have any available right now. At some point in your life, if you like bettas, try betta cochina. A totally different flavor. Completely different thing than the betta splendens. In a, a group of them together interacting in the tank and flaring and, and just being gorgeous and, and awesome. At some point in your life, get some betta cochina. They're amazing. Ginger, I can't tell you how pleased I am that you're having success. And I hope you can spawn them. I hope that, first of all, I hope I successfully sent you males and females. <laughs> and second, I hope that you're able to spawn them. Jones NW, thanks for addressing the summer shipping I'm nervous about, but I'm going to give it a try with some gel packs. All my winter shipping was successful, no losses, thanks to you. Hey, I'm glad to hear it. The one tip I would tell you besides what I already did is, um, if the customer lives in a, a state that's really hot, if they're down in Arizona or something like that, um, I would have them held at the post office because then they're not, they're going to get to the post office. And then what would normally happen is early in the morning, they're going to go on the truck and they're going to drive around for however long it takes till delivery. It can be several hours and they can be out, you know, it's going to be hotter sometimes in the truck than it is in the post office itself. Now, the trucks have to have some climate control because the driver has to be somewhat comfortable. And so that's going to affect the temperature in the back of the truck. But um, if you just have them held at the post office, then you can pick them up. The customer can pick them up as soon as the post office opens. So they're not so they get them several hours before they might if they were on the truck to be delivered. And they're probably going to be kept in a more temperature controlled environment than they would be on the truck. So that's what I would say. Uh, Jones Northwest. Tristan Schuster. Hey, good to hear you. Uh, good to see you. <laughs> I tried to say good to hear from you and good to see you all at once. So came out. Good to hear you. <laughs> Fun question for you. If you end up with a warehouse, are you considering doing saltwater fish? No, I think that I will never do saltwater fish until it would have to be one of those things where I've exhausted 
all the freshwater options that that I want to do and that I think is responsible to do. I'll probably never do like big monster fish. I'll probably never sell alligator gars or get like a building that's just for massive monster fish. Um, just because I feel like there's plenty out there that already need new homes, like that need to be adopted that are outgrowing tanks. I probably, I'll, I won't do Paku. I won't do, you know, things like that. So, but all the other stuff, once I've got there, then, then maybe, and it's a huge maybe, because that's almost, that's a completely different side of the hobby. Um, that would be a much more expensive facility to get up and running. Um, I would have to hire a team to run that because I know nothing about it. And I don't have the interest to dig in deep enough to, to really nail that side of things. I'm not now. I mean, 10 years, maybe I'll be like, I love saltwater and that's all I want to do. I mean, I do like the fish in the saltwater stuff, but I'm just, I'm not that into it. So if I exhaust all the freshwater stuff and I'm like, man, we, the company's making money. We have extra money to try stuff. Then maybe I would, maybe I would, but no plans to do it. And I would be surprised if I did to tell you the truth, but I can't, in 10 years, maybe we're there. Madfish Diva, the dance fish empire. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a tiny empire but it's fun. What do we got? 73 watching. All right. Empire of 73 folks <laughs> all together. <laughs> Go fish aquatics. You just made me want ramen. Yeah. I, I had it for dinner. I had ramen for dinner tonight. It was chicken. I have spicy shrimp too, but that was, uh, that was yesterday. <laughs> Candy overhauls. Dan at dancefish.com. That's the email. Thanks Candy for linking that up. I appreciate it. And it jumped. Okay, hang on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Jeez. I think, okay, I think I found where we are. I did. Bearded Bob's Fish Room. I'm with you. I probably don't have as impressive a beard as you do, Bearded Bob, but I'm, I'm gaining. I'm getting there. <laughs> How's the Santa Maria Endler Colony doing? Awesome. I have to expand my fish room to make room later this summer. Don't tell my wife. I, I hear you. I hear you. They're doing awesome. Um, yeah, they, if you want to see them, uh, last Friday, I made a video of an update of kind of most of the babies in the fish room. I didn't do some of the, some of the limias and stuff like that, but I showed both tanks of fry growing up on the endlers. So uh, you'll, you can see where they're at right now. And I'll do another video, I hope, on Friday this week. Uh, Brenda wants to do a yard sale this Friday, so I hope I have time to do the video too. I'm planning on it, but they're doing amazing. Um, still only a very small percentage with the swords I'm trying to develop into the strain, but um, pretty, pretty much like almost all of them turning out like a standard Santa Maria like you would expect. So the line's doing well. Um, I just reached... Kayla's Aquatics $25 super chat, ramen wages for those wondering how far behind in the chat I am. Fish Tank Barn, hey, good to see ya. Hope all is well.
Okay. Chewy LTD. Out of wanting to know, have you ever seen tattooed or glowfish arowanas? I saw blue and reds on YouTube video, and I think they are tattooed. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I've never seen them. I might have seen a picture of a tattooed arowana. I can't remember, honestly. I've never seen them in person, and I just, I, I, I have to say I'm against it. Um, I usually don't go out on a limb and, like, I, I get political or anything like that. But I don't think there's any need to put a fish through pain for our enjoyment, like unnecessary discomfort or pain or procedures just so we can enjoy it. That's my thought. Now, if someone does keep those, I'm not going to like judge them. I'm not going to think they're horrible and, and hate on them or anything. But to me, it's always about quality of life. And let's give these animals the best quality of life we can. And yes, we're going to have losses. And yes, we're going to make mistakes and things will happen. But we owe it to them and to the hobby in general to try to try to keep these animals as best we can. And I just feel like unnecessarily like color injections and all that stuff just puts the animals at risk for no reason other than um, an aesthetic one. And I don't think that's a good enough reason to put an animal or a living creature in jeopardy. So that's that's my thought. And I see the hypocrisy. I'm a guy that ships lots of fish all year long and the vast majority arrive with no problem. But putting, you know, me shipping fish to you, that's putting animals at risk. And I get that. But but that's the only way I can get them to you. You know, I can I can sell you a Tetra and ship it to you. And I can sell you a Tetra that I've tattooed and ship it to you. Um, I don't see the tattoo as being necessary, I guess. So I don't know if I explained that well to ELTD, but I personally will never carry anything that's tattooed or injected, like the injected glass fish or any of that stuff. Um, I don't have a problem with glow fish because that's not putting the fish under stress or anything. That's, uh, that's a mutation, not a procedure, I guess I would say. I probably won't keep them just because they don't sing to me. But um, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. And we'll get off that horse before it gets weird. Um, things can get political and fundamental in a hurry. Terrence Blainton, did I miss the Black Tiger baddest story? Yes, I was late to the stream, was cooking ramen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You can always find change in your glove box and get a couple things of ramen, no matter what. You can always walk down the sidewalk and have money for ramen. <laughs> yeah, everyone made it alive. They arrived Monday and they all made it alive. So happy ending to uh, that, uh, that uh, scary event. Thanks for asking. And if you, uh, if you watch the replay at the beginning, I'll, I, I go through it in more detail. But yeah, they were in the, uh, they were in the mail for a week. And so I was, I was worried a lot can happen in a week. <laughs> Chewy LTD, where saltwater aquariums lie is more in corals, but some species would be interesting to breed like mouth breeding uh, Bengay cardinal fish. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. I think saltwater fish are beautiful. And when I go to someone's house, if they have a saltwater tank, I'll like, zone out in front of it. I'll, I'll watch those critters forever. 
saltwater fish and saltwater inverts and all that stuff have had a lot more time to specialize. And when fish specialize, they get cool colors and cool finage and cool adaptations and all kinds of stuff. So I think saltwater fish are, are fascinating. Don't get me wrong. Um, I've just never thought they were fascinating enough that I wanted to go through the work. Like if all these tanks were saltwater in here, um, it would take a lot more upkeep and it would be a, I mean, it was expensive enough building things out for freshwater. I don't have the funds to build out a massive saltwater facility. So yeah, but I do think they're cool. Like I, I'm fascinated by them. So it's not, I just want to make that clear. It's not an issue of, I don't like saltwater stuff. I, I love it. I think it's awesome. But the bar is too high for me to want to get into it personally. Robert Lambrecht, do you have any female threadfin rainbows? Ordered some from you several months ago and have all males. Would like to give them some partners. I, I don't, I don't think Robert, I, I'm out of females. I, I did have some. They were in horrible shape. It took, I think it took three months. I can't remember. It took months to get them back to health. But once they were, I put them out and they, they sold like, they were gone. Um, so I just don't have any right now. I mean, if you send me an email, Robert, dan at dancefish.com, I'll double check the tank to see if maybe a couple escaped that I didn't notice before, in which case uh, I could maybe send you a few, but the tank's pretty much empty. Um, every now and then though, official, you know, you'll think you caught all the fish in a tank and then you walk by later and be like, Hey, I missed one. So it's possible there might be one or two, but I wouldn't know without looking. So if you email me, jog my memory, I'll, I'll check and, and send you an email back to let you know, but I don't think so. 44 mad guy one, I'm waiting for the te teleporter so that we can skip the shipping altogether. Oh, I got it. Yeah. You teleport fish or however that works, beam me up, Scotty, but with fish, absolutely. <laughs> Cichlid King Aquatics, what's up, Dan? Well, what's up, Cichlid King Aquatics? It's good to have you here. Um, glad to see you. Madfish Diva, are you getting more signifers? Um, I believe, I believe I've got more right now. Let's check. Yeah, so, I've got, uh, looks like 65 pairs available. Sorry, I don't have a picture. It's just a time thing. And that's a quick little fish. Those things are difficult to photograph. Um, I do need to make a video of them though. I think that they'll make fine video. I just, it's an excuse, I suppose, but it's just, it's just been a time thing. But yeah, I've got plenty of pairs left. So if you'd like some, I'd be happy to send you some. And they're awesome. I mean, they're, they're big and bold and spawning and healthy. And that particular batch is amazing. So if anyone that's into signifers and has been waiting, this is not like freshly imported pinch belly, uh, blue eyes. These are robust spawning active fat blue eyes. So it's a good batch. Just saying. All right. Well, we have reached the bottom of the chat. So this is the point where um, I basically say, if you have questions or comments that you want me to get to, put them in now, because uh, once we've reached the bottom, there's not a whole lot more to do. Um, 
I'm happy to answer questions about breeding fish, building fish rooms, shipping fish, or maintaining lots of species I can talk about. Um, African cichlids, I'm not an expert in. I've worked for a massive company that specializes in African cichlids, so I do know some, but they're not a fish that I've geeked out on and like keep on my in my own facility much, but lots of like the peaceful community type fish I can. And something that I am wondering from everyone is how about your breeding projects? What do you guys have cooking? Um, anyone that's got some cool fish coming up? I know M. How Nine, uh, wait, what is it now? The Fish Tank Barn. Um, he's got some live bears going. I know Bob's got some stuff that he's raising up. And But what's everyone got going on as far as what's spawning in your fish room? What are you raising? Let's chat about that for a little while. That's a, it's a part of this hobby that I really enjoy, breeding and raising fish. Chewy LTD, on another side of arowanas, did you know that Asian arowanas are tanned under light? It's a shame that Asian farmer farmed arowanas are not allowed in the USA where they are being when they are being farm raised. Yeah, um, I don't know a lot about arowanas just because um, since they are illegal and I can't have them. I know there are species that are legal, but there there are more fish than I've ever had an aquarium for. I've never had like you know a thousand gallon aquarium or whatever I would need for an arowana. So I don't know that much about them, but I do have good friends that have them. And every time I go to their house, I watch their arowana and I just think they're amazing. Um, arowanas are beautiful, awesome animals and, uh, they're cool, but not something I follow much because I don't have, I can't keep one. So I don't dig in that much, but yeah, I have heard about them, uh, being tanned and I've heard, I've heard lots of things. I mean, I follow King of DIY, so I've seen his arowanas and stuff. And I've got some friends that are deep into arowanas and every now and then I'll talk to them and they'll, you know, <laughs> they'll geek out on me with arowana information. So I know a little bit, but it's not something I've dug into. Terrence, what do you call a planted tank with dragonstone and peacock gudgeons? I don't know. Is that a, okay. Planted tank. I think this is a riddle or a joke. What do you call a planted tank with dragon stone and peacock gudgeons. Dragon peacock. I don't know, awesome. <laughs> You're gonna have to give me that answer. I, I do not know, <laughs> I do not know. Madfish Diva's heading out. Okay, have a good one, good to see you here. Good luck, Bob. Did I miss something from Bob? I don't know, all right. Scowntown. Hey, good to see you. And I, I finally did it right. I always call you Scowtown. Scown with an N, town. Thanks for the stream. Got to run. Night, everyone. All right. Good night. Enjoy. Reels Tanks. Cheers. Been lurking and cooking ramen. <laughs> I think I need 3.5 times more tanks. Waiting on discus to breed. All right. I hope they do for you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Got to get your batch of discus going. Man, if we could have discus nato, the fry nato of discus from real, that would be awesome. Go Fish Aquatics. My two pair of cribs I bought from you are smoking out some fry. All right, great. That's awesome. I'm glad you're getting babies from them. I think that's a beautiful strain. I, I mean, that that vibrant orange on the tips of the fins is pretty pretty cool. So I'm glad they're doing well for you. 
Oh, <laughs> Terrence Blayton, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Instead of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it's, it's so bad, it's good. It's like a dad joke, but for fish. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so go fish. I'm glad they're getting fry. Um, hope they raise up for you. Are they like just newly hatched? Are they quarter inch? Are they independent from the parents yet? Where are you at in the process? 44 Mad Guy, when the female guppies I got from you are dropping fry, like there's no tomorrow, just found a new batch yesterday. That's guppies. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm glad to hear it though. That's great. Ginger Graves just closed up the pharmacy. Time to go home. Oh, I didn't know you worked in a pharmacy. Great. Going to watch the replay. Well, so, <laughs> all right. I'm like, so can you send erythromycin, nitrofurin? I'm, I'm kidding. I know you can't, but <laughs> we have a pharmacist in the house. That's awesome. Tristan Schuster, thank you again for all that you share with us. Hey, thanks for being here. I mean, this would be awful boring if it was just me shouting in the night like a madman. So uh, you're very welcome, but I enjoy this. I need this too. Um, for those that, it's been a while since I've talked about this. I live in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. Um, well, pretty much everywhere in Wyoming is nowhere, Wyoming, but I'm, I'm hundreds of miles from the nearest real metropolitan area, six hours actually from Denver. Um, couple hours from Billings, which isn't like a big metropolitan city, but at least it's a town. And so I don't have like the fish keeping community around me geographically that I'm used to in, in California where I came from. So this is, this is that for me. You guys being here is my like local fish club. It's my, it's my fish geeks that, uh, yeah, we aren't hanging out, you know, in the, in the flesh, but this is pretty good. So I appreciate you guys being here, honestly. This is great for me. Cheshire Cat, I just have four different ages batches of two kinds of platy fry. I'd love to breed my bettas, but I don't think I'm prepared for that. Yeah. Um, bettas are pretty easy to spawn, but the trick is the babies. So many babies, so many jars, and tiny, tiny food. I... I don't know. Some people I know raise bettas on baby brine shrimp and all that, but personally, I haven't had great luck that way. I think the way to do it is infusoria, a tiny, tiny little live food, paramecium, infusoria, stuff like that. So that's a whole culture you got to set up. And then you have to have all the jars for when they mature and you have to separate them. And uh, yeah, I hear you. It's a real like spawning them's pretty easy, but everything else is difficult. And then you have the aggression issues with the female. So yeah, I think it's wise sometimes to wait. That being said, wild type bettas are a different story. If you can get yourself a nice pair of like mouth brooding bettas, say betta rubra or cochina or alba marginata or falks or NSA or any of those, um, then it's not as hard because they, uh, they can all be in the same tank together the babies come out large and ready to eat baby brine shrimp. Uh, that's a whole nother ball of wax. So Cheshire Cat, if you're interested in breeding bettas but can't like pull off splendens, then there are some other species that it might be worth looking into. And the mouth brooding types are the easiest to raise just because the fry are big and uh, you don't have to separate them. 
most species you don't have to separate. Go Fish Aquatics. Nope, they're raised up to about quarter inch. Awesome. A few are much larger, maturing early. That's great. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad they're doing well for you. Mr. DDS 1520, breeding the cauliflower red eye albino sword tails. Awesome. So far, my first batch of fry produced 11 cauliflower males, six to eight cauliflower females, and the other 20 or so are red fin, high fin, liar tails out of that. Ah, liar tail, leer tail, I never know. Well, hey, that's awesome that you got some going. That's great. Um, you know, pretty soon here, hopefully, hopefully after a couple generations, if all goes well with mine, I uh, might be hitting you up to trade stock to freshen bloodlines up and all that. But I'm glad to hear that. Mac of Domenhall, or is it Dumenhall? Dumenhall. Mac. We'll go with Mac. <laughs> I have a big move coming up in bringing all the tanks. Ooh, literally about 12 hours from breakdown to setup. And tips advice on keeping the fish alive, five-gallon buckets and air stones. Um, yeah, so I've done that a few times. Uh, when I moved to Los Angeles or from Los Angeles to Santa Barbara, I had a big old rack system I had to move. Um I feel your pain, first of all. <laughs> so a couple things. My first advice is it's going to take twice as long to tear everything down and move it as you think. So just prep that into, uh, into what you're doing. Otherwise, it's super stressful. But the, the best way I've found to move fish, and yes, you could do five-gallon buckets or you could just drain the water down to a couple inches and all that. But the way that is pretty much sure to be successful for me is I just treat them as if I was shipping them across the state. So I bag them all, I put them in insulated boxes, um, and I take them that way. That's proven for me anyway, to be the most reliable way to move fish from one place to the other. Um, and especially during a move when you're going to get to where you're going and you might be super exhausted and not be able to get them set up right away. Like if you're packing them, like you're going to ship them, they're going to be okay for a couple, three days. So you can drive to your new place. You can get the system set back up. You can do all that and then reintroduce them. If, if we're just kind of putting them in a five gallon bucket or in a drain tank or something like that, I don't feel like they're prepared for the long haul that way. Um, that being said, you can put some fish in a five-gallon bucket and have air stones in there and change water and, and all that. I mean, it could work. But for me, it's easier just to seal them up in a bag, know they're going to be okay for a few days, move, get everything set up, and release them like I just had them shipped to me, I guess. So th those are my thoughts, Mac. Um, it's a lot more work. I mean, sealing a whole bunch of fish in bags is a lot more work than putting them in a five-gallon bucket or something. But it's the way I feel safest. So that's just what I do. Now, other folks here might have other ideas um, besides the buckets and air stones or the bags. So please chime in. If you've got another way to do it that works for you, uh, it might help Mac out. Yeah, I feel your pain. <laughs> Matt Hoffman, what percent humidity do you shoot for in your fish room? Do you see a large variation between summer and winter? Thanks. Yeah. So 
I'm the HVAC guy here today. Um, and so I checked the humidity today. I've got a little meter over there and it was 50%. And in the winter, it can be in the low 20s. And the winter gets really dry because my furnace is churning away. So 50%, low 20s to 50%, I would say normally. Every now and then, very rarely, the meter will get high enough that it reads from like, it changes from like saying okay to high. Um, but it just barely gets in there and it doesn't last very long. And I don't remember at what percentage that happens, maybe 60, 65%. But it's winter, winter is long in Wyoming. So most of the year, I would say in the 20s to 30s, as far as humidity goes. And it's just from, I have an HRV heat retention ventilator that constantly brings fresh air in and pumps old air out. And I've got a gas powered furnace that in the, in the winter really keeps things pretty dry. Um, now I should tell you, I live in a place that's, I've never lived in a really humid area of the country. I, I don't live in like San Antonio, Texas. I, I've never li kept lived in Florida or something like that. So I don't know if that's the correct system for places like that. I do know there are systems like heat retention ventilators, but they're specifically for humidity. So mine just deals with temperature, but there are units that deal with humidity too. Um, so if you're worried about humidity and you live in a really humid place, it might be worth looking into those. They're just much more efficient than dehumidifiers. Dehumidifier works pretty well for a small room or a small setup. Um, the only back, the only drawback with them is that they produce a lot of heat, which in the winter is great maybe, but in the summer, um, that could be an issue. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on humidity in a fish room. Mr. DDS 1520, first batch of fry, roughly 16 weeks old. Now I'm working on breeding the cauliflower fry males to some of the females. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I'm so glad that's going for you. I'm about to move my batch from a 20 gallon long into a 75 gallon aquarium because they're getting big. They're, some of them are over half an inch now and I don't want to stunt their growth. So that's happening really soon. And I'll see. I have no idea what the sex ratio will be. I'll know no idea how many will be hyphen versus other things, but I've got about 75 of them in there. So I'm hopeful that that'll get a good, good number of something. Sakana Katana. Hey, great to see you. I love saying your username. That's just fun. It's like, it's like poetry. Sakana Katana. That's how it rolls off. When did you get the dwarf neon rainbows? Could you break down the basics care of them? Water parameters, tank size, etc. cetera. Sure. Um, I think I've had those for a month or so. I actually meant to list them a lot sooner than I did. It was just a time thing. So they are one of the easiest rainbow fish to keep and to breed. They get about three inches or so. They are a rapid swimmer, but at three inches, they could go in a three foot tank, I think, without any problem. 20 long, uh, 40 breeder or bigger, maybe. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that's what I would say. Just because they do like to swim, they're a rapid swimmer. Water parameters not picky at all. I've kept and bred them in super hard alkaline water. I've kept and bred them in super soft water. I've never tried super acidic water, but 
I have a hunch they'd probably be okay in that too. And I keep mine in the mid seventies in the heat of summer. It can go up to the low eighties briefly, maybe. And, uh, that's it. It just, the way I spawn them is they're super easy. So a group is great because you'll get a lot of eggs that way. And just even in a community aquarium, you can just throw a spawning mop in there and they'll lay their eggs in it. And you can just take that mop out and put it in another container and they'll hatch in there. Or you can pick the eggs out and incubate them. Um, I found their eggs to be really hardy. You don't lose a lot of fungus. The only tricky part of raising those guys is the fryer super, super, super tiny. So it, what you need there is either a really small live food, like an infusoria, paramecium type thing, but you can, you don't have to, so I don't want to discourage you. I've raised them on powders, uh, like golden pearls, five to 50 micron powder. It's just a really fine, almost like a ground up flake food to the point that it's just powder. I just take a tiny bit of that, put it on the surface. It'll like coat the surface of the water, not heavily, but really just a tiny bit goes a long way. And then if you can change the water, uh, couple, three, four times a day um, and add fresh food each time, then you'll keep the water clean and keep the food in front of them and they'll do fine. Um, let's see here. Hang on. Okay, let me make sure I answered all of that question. By the way, they're really peaceful. They're fast. They're quick to the food. They'll outcompete. If you have a whole bunch of them, they'll outcompete slow species. Like, like that's one I would not keep with chocolate gouramis. Or if I did, I'd put like three or four in a 75-gallon tank is all. Um, they're really kind of fast, active fish. So just be aware of that when you choose tank mates for them. Um, but yeah, honestly, uh, they're not a fish that you have to be fearful of. They're generally hardy, in my experience, and uh, easy to do. So... Those are my thoughts on them. If there's anything more specific you want to know, uh, throw in a comment and I'll get more specific. But that's the general reaction when I hear that fish. Tree LTD. Mouth breeding seems to be a trait of two families of fish. Some cichlids are also mouth breeders. wonder if a catfish has affected mouth breeding bettas like the cuckoo catfish evolution. So there's definitely catfish that are mouth breeding. I don't know if, if there's any freshwater species that are mouth breeding but there's definitely saltwater catfish that are mouth brooding, unless I'm totally remembering wrong, but I think I remember that. Um, but there's lip brooders that incubate the eggs on their bottom lip, which is maybe it's their top lip actually, but that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so it's close to mouth brooding. <laughs> Arowanas are mouth brooders. Like there's lots, of, there's lots of fish that do mouth brooding, but you're right. I think when we think of mouth brooding, we think of generally cichlids in, in freshwater and also anabantids uh, are the general ones, but there are others that do it. All right. Taylor's Aquatics at Infinite Awareness. Preface your comment with that dance fish so he sees it. Thanks, um, Bob. I appreciate that. Infinite Awareness is getting skipped. Okay, let's see. Okay, I see it down there. So I'll get, I'll get to Infinite Awareness. Uh, don't worry, I see that it highlighted down a little lower there. Cheshire cat. Okay. I have a pretty crazy summer class schedule. Yeah, I, I was in that world. I was in college for 10 years. 
I had to get a lot of degrees <laughs> to become uh, to to become the teacher I wanted to be. But um, I have a pretty crazy summer class schedule, so I'm not sure how often I'll make the live streams. Unfortunately, we'll see. I'm not looking forward to this. Yeah, but grind it out, get it done. Um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> got to do what you got to do when you're in college. I feel you. I, I totally get it. I, I, I 100% get it. Infinite awareness. Kate, fish room tour, fish room tour. What you got behind you? Hmm. All right. So um, this is a 125 gallon aquarium. Uh, it's as close to a show tank as I generally get. Um, it was well planted at one time. And then I threw some salt in there. And then I threw some uwaros in there. And then I threw some uh, plecos in there. So gradually the, the plants are losing. But it's basically a bunch of silver hatchet fish, some koi angel fish, some skunk quarries. Um, I just put some pearl garamis in there this afternoon. I have three beta NSA in there and a couple other odds and ends, some starlight plecos, um, some algae eaters and like a, a deformed uh, um, roseline shark, roseline torpedo barb, whatever, denison. Denisoni that, uh, that I never sold just cause he had a, a smushed face. So I keep him, but if you want to see a tour, um, I did a, a tour of the entire fish room just a couple weeks ago. So that'll give you a pretty good idea of what's going on. Um, there's a lot going on. So check it out. It's a long one. I'm just warning you have a beverage and a snack <laughs> ready. Cheshire cat. I'd love to have bet other bettas, but can't justify buying more fish at the moment. Oh, you can uh, three times, three X the tanks, three times the tanks. That's the secret of life. I'm, I'm kidding. I get it. Especially if the prices of those fish and shipping. Yeah, I get it. Otherwise I totally try breeding them. Cheshire cat. Is there a, is there a fish club in your area? Sometimes, sometimes you can get fish that are generally really expensive for very cheap at your local fish club auctions, just because someone bred them brought them to the auction. Some folks bought them. They all bred them. Now they're all bringing them to the auction. So like the auction group, the, 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 the fish club members are like inundated with them and you can get really cool species for, for very reasonable prices that way sometimes. So yeah, I get the focus has to be school, but if there's a local club, it might be worth looking. Um, you can get some good deals and meet some cool people. Terrence Blayton, gudgeons are my favorite fish. They are amazing. I want to, 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 I'm sorry. I'm so excited. I'm tripping over my tongue. <laughs> I want to try and breed the empires. If you see any male soon, would love to purchase a pair. I don't think, I don't think I have any males. Um, they're in there. Let's see if any swim by. I'm pretty darn sure they're all females. There is one small one. Um, uh, we're not, yeah, he's right there. But he's not developed enough for me to know for sure if he's a male or a female. That's, that's our only hope from this batch that that one could develop into a male. So it's possible, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll announce on the live stream if one of them colors up. But I would love for you to breed those. That's a that's a cool. I would love for a hobbyist to breed those and document how they did it and stuff. That would be great. I'd love to put to rest uh, 
all that we get right now is rumor and conjecture, really, when it comes to breeding Empire Gudgeons. Uh, so we need some people to do it and say, no, this is how I actually did it. That would be super helpful. Mac. Mac here. Thanks for the advice for the move. Definitely have to have some work to do. We'll see how it goes. Cheers. Hey, you're welcome and best of luck to you. Yeah. And I feel your pain, buddy. <laughs> Man, if I, what, the day I find, I'll eventually probably move out of this house. That is going to be, uh, yeah. Sakana Katana, speaking of gudgeons, would dwarf neon rainbows get along with peacock gudgeons? Also, when you were going to, when are you going to get the peacocks back in stock? My female looks lonely. So um, I am going to be getting more peacock gudgeons in pretty darn soon. I've been waiting, though, because I'm trying to, like, do an order, not just peacocks. So the supplier that has the peacocks, I'm waiting until they have something else cool, too, so I can combine the order. So I'm really looking for... Uh, the uh, Samurai Garamis and for Amazon Puffers. Uh, there's some other stuff too. So I'm just waiting until they have at least one thing that I need besides those so I can do a, a so I can just justify the order. Excuse me. But I, I am planning on getting them the moment that the stars align and that happens, I'll do it. Um, and I, I do think that Peacock Gudgeons and dwarf neon rainbows would get along, but here's how I would do that. The, the issue is that peacock gudgeons are pretty slow, deliberate feeders. They aren't a super fast fish, whereas the uh, neon dwarf rainbows are going to just dart around and get the food within seconds, pretty much. So what I would do is get the gudgeons well-established first get them knowing what the food is and where it comes from. And so that when you open the lid to put the food in, they like start going towards it and are savvy that way. Then I think you could put in a group of the uh, neon dwarf rainbows. And I think at that point, the gudgeons will be fine. I think there is some danger in having an established school of neon dwarf rainbows and then putting gudgeons in there. Um, and the rainbows are all accustomed and just outcompete the gudgeons because uh, there's a learning curve for them of where the food is and where it comes from and, and all that. And they're, they're a little bit slow. The other thing I would say is if you do that, I just wouldn't put in tons of the neon dwarf rainbows um, just for competition purposes. They're really fast and stuff. So I put in a few. But yeah, I think as long as the ratios were OK and you just work to make sure that the peacock gudgeons were getting food, um, had a chance to eat, that, that that would totally work for you. They're both super peaceful species. So they're not going to beat each other up. They're not going to uh, even be in the same zone much. The rainbows will tend to be in the middle to upper, whereas the gudgeons will tend to be in the lower area. So yeah, I think that's a, that could be a good combination. Anyone here that's tried that, could you chime in and let us know if, if you did have any problems that I'm not foreseeing? But I think that would probably be good. Cheshire Cat. The local fish club seems to meet hours away. Oh, I don't drive, but I suppose I could post on the form. Yeah, it might be worth checking. Yep, I hear you. 
infinite awareness. My 40 breeder does have a lot of plecos, all different sizes and ages, but observe the plecos breathing heavy for some reason. I do a 90% water change every three days to try to keep the water clean and the nitrates low. I also deworm regularly. So what do you think might be wrong? Well, infinite awareness. If you've had, there's a, there's a couple things here. Um, if you've had that tank set up as it is, and you've maintained it as you are for a long time, and this is a new problem that's just starting, that's one thing. And what I would say with that is I would check temperatures. It's just warm now, right? Things are getting hot. And when things get hot, like water, they absorb less oxygen. So when it gets hot, you got to make sure you've got air stones going. You have good flow um, because hot water doesn't hold as much, much oxygen as cooler water. And fish can definitely run out of oxygen if the water gets too warm. That The other part of that is in warm water, the other organisms in the aquarium, the bacteria, all the other little critters and stuff, tend to explode in population and, and multiply a lot quicker, and they absorb a lot of the oxygen as well. So that would be a couple things to check. Is your temperature increased due to the warm weather? Um, if so, you might need to put in uh, more air stones, a few power heads with a venturi system or that shoot up and kind of churn the surface of the water, things like that. Um, so my suspicion is, could be an oxygen issue. It could be, this is probably unlikely, but it could be like they have a parasite in their gills. So that could be something to check. Um, and I say unlikely because usually when that happens, it happens to a few fish. Um, if you have all different kinds of plecos and they're all doing it all at once suddenly, that's probably not what's going on. Usually that's a gradual thing. A fish will get it and then another fish will get it and then a few fish will get it. Um, yeah. So you'll see like rapid breathing with that. But the other thing is, I mean, I feel like a 90% water change every three days is going to keep the ammonia down and the nitrites down and stuff, but you might, do you notice like you change the water and then a few days later they're gasping and breathing rapidly or are they always doing it? So if it happens a couple days after the water change, then um, it could be that stuff is, is accruing in there and you might need to do, figure out another way to handle that. I feel like 90% every three days is a lot though. I don't know how much more you could do. Um, I also feel like the 40 gallon breeder, if you have lots of plecos, that's a fairly small tank for like a lot of plecos. So I don't know what your load is. I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Oxygen depletion, um, parasites in the gills. Um, it could be that even though you're changing so much water, um, that things are not as stable as you think because changing that much water might prevent your uh, filter system from really uh, developing and maturing. So that could be an issue. So I'm, I'm not sure. Like if I was there with you and knew, okay, it happens now or it's happening all the time or everything was fine and then it started happening, I might be able to guide you better. But those are kind of the thoughts that I have on the subject. Um, sorry, that was a bit of a ramble.
That was so much of a ramble that I got us down to 57 watching. <laughs> Good job, Dan. <laughs> Those are my thoughts, Infinite Awareness. I don't know if they'll be helpful, but that's what I got for you. Um, Abu, hey, Abu, good to see you. So the young juvie pair of wild epistles I got a couple weeks ago spawned already. Awesome. Oh, that's great. You know, I thought they might. I thought they might because she was like in, totally in her bright yellow dress. Like she was flared up and ready to go. And he was kind of cruising around checking on her, going away, checking. So I thought they might be ready. That's great. The Wrigglers got eaten this time. Oh yeah. I mean, give them a few times. Hey, Abu, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear it. So that's the wild cockatoides, right? That you got from me. That's awesome. And I'm out of males. If anyone wants nice, uh, wild female cockatoides, like maybe it's time to put some fresh blood into your totally inbred <laughs> double red line or orange flash or whatever, um, whatever you got. Um, I can make you a deal. I've got a lot of females and I think I'm out of males. So um, send me an email and I can make you a good deal. It's just hard to sell females without males. So I can lower the price. I'll be forced to lower the price. But Abu, that's great. Rick Stidham, any tricks to getting the turquoise guppies to breed? I figured guppies will be guppies, but no fry for the couple months I've had them. Endlers and swords have fry all over the place. Jeez. I, I mean, they drop fry like crazy. Um, and I'm assuming if you're getting fry from swordtails and endlers, then you know how to set them up and everything. Um, I have no idea. I honestly have no idea. The only thing that pops to mind is that they're eating all the fry and maybe more plant cover or something like that. But I assume you're savvy to that. Um, I am, I am sorry, Rick. I am stumped. Um, as far as I know, everyone else that's got them is getting tons of fry from them and everything. And so I don't know. I don't have a clue. Is there anything like, are they acting normal? Are they eating well? Are they fat and sassy? Um, or is there like anything you're noticing? Is the female have like a super keeled belly or anything like that? Um, is she eating food and able to like ingest it? You know, sometimes they'll trick you. They'll eat the food and then spit it out and they're not actually getting nutrition. I, I don't know. I'm stumped, Rick. I really don't know. I'm sorry. I wish I did. Okay. Infinite awareness. No, this has been a while now. Good flow. 70 aqua on the back and sponge filter in. Temp is 70. Okay, it's not high temps. Been doing what Corey suggested using the heater less. Yeah. Yeah, I would have suggested that too. Um, if oxygen's the issue. I have plants, snails, and wood. Seems like they're always breathing heavily. I do not know. I'm sorry. Um, without being there in person and being able to troubleshoot, that's going to be really hard to nail down uh, any more than generalizations from this distance. I don't know. I hope you figure it out. I hope it works for you. Lumpy Dog, welcome. Glad you made it, Jeff. Infinite Awareness, here you go. Oh, that's good. 
I didn't think about that. If you're using dechlor in tap water to do 90% water change, you may have buildup of excess dechlor. Try aging some water instead of using dechlor, unless you have chloramines. That is uh, infinite awareness. That's excellent advice. That's excellent advice. If anytime you're doing large volume water changes, it's good to use water that's been aged and gassed off. So if you put the water in, I don't know, five gallon, well, however big a container you need to change 40 gallons almost, um, and drop an air stone in there and just let it circulate for 24 hours or so, that would be good. Yeah. And if you do have chloramines, um, put your dechlor in there and let it circulate for 24 hours. And that might help too, uh, if you can't get away with no chloramines. Or I don't know if you can use a carbon block with chloramines. I've never battled them. But that's excellent advice to use aged water um, because that's going to keep the water for parameters from shifting so drastically on them and things like that. Yeah, Lumpy Dog, I, I think that's a, I would try that infinite awareness. That's a great idea. Lots and lots of plecos. I'm in denial about the oxygen in the water. I think it's not enough oxygen. I don't know. But if, if you have tons of plecos in a 40 gallon tank, um, that's tricky. I mean, they produce a lot of waste and they're not small fish. I don't know which species you have, but I would think that that would be tricky. Uh, it might be worth upgrading to a large tank that's really stable. I mean, just a thought, just a thought. Carbon Real, hey, good to see you, Carbon Really, and good night. Chewy LTD, Cheshire Cat, my hometown, Calgary, has an aquarium club where I live now. It's in the mountains. Closest pet shop is an hour away, so I understand, yeah. Abu, yes, the cockatoides. Awesome, Abu. I am so happy for you. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Kaler's Aquatics, guppies not breeding sounds like water parameters. Endlers and swords will breed when guppies won't. Check pH first. Okay. Okay. Infinite awareness. Thank you for your help. I do appreciate your input. You're welcome. And I wish I could help more, but from a distance, there's only so much I can do. And we'll finish up here with Terrence. Terrence Blayton. Awesome on the gudgeons. Once I'm able to restart the Roman Empire, I will let you know. <laughs> All right. Sounds good to me. <laughs> oh, one more. Just ate Chinese ramen. All right. All right. Korean and Chinese roommates went back to their countries, so I get their leftover foods. Awesome. I'm totally claiming they're good pots and pans. Mine are cheap. Right on. All right. Everybody, thanks for being here. Everyone that super chatted, I super appreciate it. And so does my wife. Thanks. Uh, all the mods. Mwah, thanks for all you do. Everyone that uh, just had a question or comment or had good advice for other people and made this lively. I really appreciate that. I love geeking out with you guys. We do this every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. If you haven't checked out getgills.com, there's cool stuff going there. Pest Aquatics just loaded a whole bunch of new stuff on uh, just, I don't know, today or yesterday. So there's a bunch of new stuff to check out. And uh, until next time, have a good one. Appreciate you. Bye-bye.